Keep She Shatters and She Burns fans, this is Hannah Austin, your host for the She Burns podcast. I'm excited to announce that my first book, Hello Head, Meet Heart, is now out on Amazon. For more tips, tricks, and ways that you can burn bright and not burn out, visit me on Amazon at Hello Head, Meet Heart. Happy reading! Welcome to the She Burns Podcast, the go-to podcast for women who were born to burn bright without burning out. When you're at the top of your game, the difference between handling the heat and boiling over comes down to the right self-care advice at the right time. And if you're ready to take your seat around the campfire, these interviews with inspiring women will help you keep your flame alive. Hello, everyone. I'm Hannah Austin, and this is season two of the She Burns podcast. In this episode, I'm talking with Trisha Fishboon. Trisha is a certified mindset coach and hypnotherapist serving clients all over the world. She's worked with seven-figure entrepreneurs and top executives to unlock new levels of growth, abundance, and confidence without the hustle. While most people and programs focus on the conscious work, Her work focuses on combining the conscious and subconscious, which serves as a powerful key to lasting change. Trisha's journey to discovering mindset work and hypnotherapy began when she walked away from her career as a sports reporter after experiencing burnout and sexual assault. It's the same principles she teaches and uses with clients that helped her heal from her trauma and set her on a path of purpose. All right. Welcome, Trisha. I'm so excited that you're here with me today. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited for our conversation. Me too. So why don't we start with you telling me and our listeners a little bit about your story? Currently, I am a mindset coach and hypnotherapist. Most of the time when I say hypnotherapist, people are like, first of all, what is that? Are you going to control my mind? (laughs) We'll get to that later, I'm sure, but that's not the case. Yeah. And then the second question is, well, how did you even get into that? Mm -hmm. And I got into this field out of necessity. It was like a point where in my life where, you know, people talk all the time about their rock bottom. Mm -hmm. I was absolutely at my rock bottom. So previous to this career, I was a sports reporter. That's what I went to school for. I was a journalism major, absolutely loved it. And I just had always loved sports. Mm -hmm. I feel like they're very inspiring in nature. And after being in the field for some time, of course, it's a male prevalent field. Mm -hmm. I also underwent sexual assault. And that was a huge turning point for me. Mm -hmm. And Eventually I did stay in the field for a little bit after that, but eventually it just got to the point where I was like, what am I doing? Mm. And so I quit my job with nothing else. I moved back home. I was 25 or 26 at the time and, um, just kind of had to start over. I dove headfirst into personal development. Like I said, out of necessity Mm -hmm. because I just felt so broken And I was just trying to figure out, okay, well, if I'm going to get another job, whether it's in sports or whether it's in something else, I have to make sure that I'm okay first. Absolutely. And so it was through podcasts. That's why I love the podcast platform. It was through podcasts, through books, through courses that that's where I really started to kind of heal 
myself as well as, as therapy. And, but through a podcast, that's actually when I first heard about hypnotherapy. And at first, as I'm sure some of the listeners are probably like, what is that? That's right. that was my completely <laughs> candid response. As yeah. Well. It sounds like something that you would do, like, you know, if you get your psychic reading or something like that. Yeah. Yes. Yes. But for whatever reason, that podcast just popped on my phone and it was almost like, I think I finished an, an episode and then it just went straight into that one. Mm-hmm. And I just continued listening and something mm-hmm. in that was like, whoa, okay, this is definitely, there's something here. So I decided to try it through recordings. I didn't even go to a hypnotherapist at first. And I saw such an improvement wow. in my life that that's when I decided, okay, there's something to this. And then that's when I got certified for both life coaching and hypnotherapy. Now that's That's been for a full-time career. That's an amazing story. I think a lot of times you just never know what your next step is in life. And just by listening to a simple podcast or hearing, uh, reading an article or hearing someone's story like today and sharing your story, um, someone will be like, wow, that sounds interesting and intriguing and, and take a look and see, you know, what that's like. What has this year been like for you with COVID? I mean, I know uh, with a lot of coaches, they've had to pivot a little bit and pivot their um, business model. But for you in general, is it has it brought back any of your trauma from previous? You know, what have you done with your business as far as COVID and pivoting if you've had to at all? Mm, Yeah. So the biggest pivot, of course, with COVID, at least in my business has been moving online, Mm -hmm, which mm -hmm. has actually been really great Mm -hmm. from the client perspective as well, because the main thing with hypnotherapy is you want people to be comfortable and relaxed. Right. Right. But when they're in their own home, they're so much more comfortable and relaxed. Um, As far as bringing up some of my own traumas, I feel like me personally, I'm just in this field where I'm always continuing to learn and grow and expand. And with that, I feel like that, that is inviting these Mm -hmm. next creations. Mm -hmm. So I'm always working through something, Mm -hmm. but I do really feel like I now have the tools to kind of like move, move through that instead of feeling, you know, before, like I was at my rock bottom. Yeah. So the biggest thing for me has been moving online, but like I said, it's actually been really beneficial for clients. Well, and like what you said about them being comfortable and feeling comfortable and where else could you feel comfortable than your own home? But I'm sure it took a little bit of pivoting and like instructions and what to do versus having someone face to face. So I can imagine that's a little bit of a struggle in talking with you before and then and seeing you today. Uh, we've talked a little bit about you know being a high performing female, uh, being very driven, a very resilient person with all of the things that you've been through. What expectations of any did you place on yourself uh, regarding this year versus last year with COVID? Were you like, okay, I I tackled this last year, but this year I really, really want to do this. What expectations, if anything, did you place? Mm, Yeah, that's a great question. So interestingly enough, I feel like my whole life, I've really had that high performance mentality and I still very much do, but Mm -hmm. similar to your story, you know, it led to burnout and it led to me just feeling unfulfilled. Mm -hmm. So this year it's... I, my biggest goal is to achieve more by doing less. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Which sounds so counterintuitive. I know. <laughs> and it's been really uncomfortable. Like a part of me when I sit and 
kind of follow the flow of my business. It's like that part of me is activated and I'm like, wait a minute. Okay. I have to do more. I have to do something. Right. So it's like building that habit mm-hmm. of allowing myself to just follow those like intuitive right. punches, follow the flow. And what I'm noticing is that when I have my biggest successes in business, it's when I'm so in the flow. Nice. It's like when I don't even try. Right. Isn't that funny? It seems uh, like you're trying to push a boulder up a hill and you're like, this worked for me in my corporate life, or this worked for me in my other life. And if I work harder, I push harder and I go, 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 but then nothing happens. And then it's in the release or it's in the, like you said, the flow or the, the moments when you're not in that hectic, frantic moment that that energy just really smooths out and is less um, frenetic, I would say. Um, I think the biggest challenge as a, as a single business or a small business is re-entry right back into COVID. So, so used to being around so many people, having coaches around you, having customers around you, clients around you, um, friends and family, and then you're withdrawn and having to be isolated. As we kind of move into the last phase of COVID, hopefully, right, when we're going into more flu mode, what are you doing for re-entry? What kind of things or, or dialogue in your mind, your brain, are you sharing with your clients about what the best way is to kind of re-enter into life again? So advice for them into re-entry or what am I doing for my business? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So for my business, what I really want to do is you hear the advice all the time, like really follow what lights you up or follow your passion. And for me, of course, what I do is so deeply tied to what I'm passionate about. Mm -hmm. And there's also a part of me that the reason that I went into sports was because I'm so passionate about sports and just about movement. And being outside and being in nature. So Mm -hmm. what I really want to build as we're kind of re-entering into hopefully some sense of normalcy is tying the movement or nature piece Mm -hmm. with the hypnotherapy and with the mindset. So like getting together a group or a community where we take hikes and then at the top of the mountain, then we have like this mindfulness practice Mm -hmm. or a group hypnosis or something like that. Yeah. You know, as far as for my clients, you know, a lot of them do struggle with, with some of the anxieties Mm -hmm. of getting back into being around people. I guess what I work a lot with them on is finding those practices that really ground yourself Mm -hmm. first, whether that's taking breaths, or closing your eyes. An, another practice that's really powerful is actually visualizing yourself mm-hmm. as if you're already there yeah. so that it signals to your mind like, oh, okay, I actually know how to do this. Or even if you don't know how to do it, can you imagine how to do it? Right. So then once you're in this situation, then it's like, oh, actually I know what to do. I know how to function in, in this. And it's, and it's also just helpful to kind of have like a groundful mantra or affirmation that you say to yourself, right. you don't yeah. have to say it out loud. Right. You can just say to yourself like, Oh, okay, I'm safe or I'm mm-hmm. calm or I, I choose to be present right now. That can just move, move mountains really. <laughs> Absolutely. How do you go about though? I mean, we all hear it's a choice you know, to move forward, you have to hit rock bottom before sometimes you see the light, you have to have a mantra. 
how do you, what would you say to our users about how do you go about getting a mantra, right? It seems like such an easy question for people like you and I who do this day in and day out. But if someone says, okay, first of all, I want to even go about knowing what my mantra is. What would you say to them? How to have a mantra, how to start a mantra, how to connect with your mantra. So two of the most powerful words in the English language are I am. Yes. Because really anything that follows that, it can make it truth. Mm -hmm. I would first get clear on the opposite of what you want. Like, so get clear on what you're struggling the most with. If there is an area in your life that brings about the most change, mm-hmm. own in and, and determine that area because the first step is always awareness. Right. If right. You have, if you're walking around with a mantra that's like, I am powerful, and that's actually that doesn't connect with you, mm-hmm. it's not going to be effective. Yeah. So first get clear, you know, if if relationships are your biggest pain point right now, or your biggest goal in life perhaps is um, creating wealth. Like get clear on that first, and then you can create a mantra that, that really fits with you. Um, so I am is a really powerful statement. And then I also love the point that you said, like, you, you also have to make it believable where if you're, especially if you're not, when you're in the, the, um, state of brainwave state, which is the, the hypnotic state, mm-hmm. you're actually, your, your subconscious is more open to suggestions. Mm. But when you and I are talking, if I say something to you, like, oh, you are successful or you are beautiful. If there's something that is a mismatch mm-hmm. in your belief systems, you're automatically going to reject that. So interesting. So when you're creating this affirmation to yourself, at least if you're saying to your, it to yourself consciously, which can be effective, you kind of want to, you want to tailor it so that it's more believable. Mm. So instead of saying I am a millionaire or I am wealthy, and maybe you're living paycheck to paycheck right now, you can say something like I am becoming wealthier and wealthier, Mm. or I am becoming closer to becoming a millionaire, Mm -hmm. um, or I am choosing to believe Mm -hmm. that I am a wealthy person or, you know, something like that to make it a little bit more believable. Mm -hmm. The biggest thing with affirmations is you actually want to make them present. Mm. So it can be easy for you to say, oh yeah, I will be a millionaire or I will be successful. But according to the subconscious, it only lives, it only can register the present moment. Hmm. So if you're always saying, I will be a millionaire. Yes. Tomorrow never comes. Right. So you'll never be a millionaire, according <laughs> to the subconscious. Good point. Yeah. I think words matter and the deliberacy and the intention is really, really important. I mean, I think all of us in our 20s, I mean, I wish I could watch myself back and see what I was saying to myself and to others and my inner critic. God, I could write a book on that. I think we all could. But I feel like as I can speak for myself, as I age, the intentionality as my words are coming through a little bit more. And it's people are like, you're really thinking about what you're saying. It's not that I'm thinking about what I'm saying because I don't want to say something wrong because anyone that knows me knows I'm pretty direct and that's not the case. But it's the intentionality of what do I actually want to put out there and what do I actually believe? And that's really an interesting concept. I love what you said about the hypnotherapy piece and and, um, almost uh, activating that part of your subconscious, that part of your brain. I find that super interesting. I want to go back a little bit to 
that rock bottom moment because we all have that. And currently I'm writing a book about people rising from the ashes and being the own, their own phoenix in their lives. Can you share with the with me and our listeners today what you're comfortable sharing about that rock bottom moment for you? And because this year's theme is resiliency, let's talk a little bit about that rock bottom moment and to transforming into that resiliency, right? So that transformational state that that you got yourself into. Yeah. So I think it's important to note also that a lot of the times when people go back and tell their story, it can Mm -hmm. seem like, okay, I hit rock bottom and then all of a sudden I shot back up. Right. That was definitely not the case for me. So it seems like two seconds, but it's actually like two years or 10 years. (laughs) Yes. And there were so Excuse me. There were so many moments mm-hmm. in that when it was okay. I'm on the up and up, and then all of a sudden, then you crash yeah. back down again. Yep. It's definitely not linear. Yeah. But I would say, you know, even before, if I were to pinpoint my rock bottom moment, it's even hard to do so because there was such a lead up to it. You yes. had talked about your inner critic mm-hmm. before, and even before the sexual assault happened, I was certainly my worst enemy. Yeah. Where being in the sports reporting world, when I was on camera, it was like, okay, I'm not, I'm not pretty enough. I'm not thin mm-hmm. enough. I'm not good at my job. You know, I'm stumbling over my words. I'm not mm-hmm. confident. All of these things would just always be flooding my mind. And is that because of the industry or was that part of how you were raised or a combination of everything? Yeah. So I would say a combination of both. I believe that, you know, it's even like I believe that the industry in itself was just reflecting back to me what was already there. Mm, Gosh, that is a powerful statement for those of you listening. And this just hit me home when you said that, you know, I don't want to say we can often blame societal issues or things like that, but it's really that mirror and that reflection back and forth from, from those, that situation, but also biological and also situational. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. So absolutely. We're not making the the industries or their circumstances or society in general, right? We're Mm -hmm. not giving them an excuse, but at the same time, it was a mirror to me that was showing me just what was already there underneath it. So especially in the work that I do, a lot of the times we, I work with clients to go back to the source of whatever it is that they're feeling. And so for me, this inner critic didn't just pop out of nowhere. It had been there for a very long time. Yeah. So just, you know, culmination of childhood events, like that had always been there. So then kind of thinking of like the, the mindset that I was already in, where I was already just really self-conscious and already felt alone and already felt, you know, okay, well, I'm this young woman surrounded by all men, like what am I doing? And then undergoing something so traumatic, Mm -hmm. like sexual, sexual assault. Mm -hmm. And you know, what's interesting is that of course that in itself is very traumatic, but the aftermath is so traumatic as well. I decided, you know, and this is a very personal Yes. And I appreciate Please, please share what you're comfortable sharing. I just know in our conversation previously, and just know from speaking to women day in and day out, there's always a million people that are listening and saying, I've been through that. Yeah. It, It was her sharing her story that made me feel comfortable coming out or coming 
you know, out about the story or helping me get up from the bathroom floor or stop me from committing suicide. So please know that we respect anything that you have to say today. So, yeah, yeah. And, and so I decided to report it. And again, like, that's just a really personal decision. And brave. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. And at the time it, it didn't feel like that. It was just, you know, it was so, I was filled with so much anxiety of, okay, well, now that I'm reporting this, what are they going to turn back on? Retaliation. Yeah. Yeah. Then it went into, um, it went into, we didn't actually go to like a court case because it was settled before then. I mean, the legal process was over a year and a half. Wow. So it was like, you know, the, the most traumatic moment of your life, but then it's drawn out. And relived, I'm sure. I mean, you have to get interviewed and. Right. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Exactly. And and even in those interviews, although they're well-intentioned, it's like you have to then relive mm-hmm. that experience over and over. Yeah. Um, and then just being in the industry too, it was actually a colleague that, that this had happened with. Mm-hmm. So there were a lot of rumors going around too. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people just being like, oh, well, you know, don't, don't get involved with Trisha because you'll never know what she'll say against you or whatever. Wow. So it's, it's, that is why I have just so much compassion for people who go through this because right. he's been there. That's always in the back of their mind of like, oh, I can't report this or I can't talk about this because what are they right going to say against me? Right. So and then I, I already forgot your, your question though. Was it? Oh, I was, yeah. I was just saying, you know, share with us your story and however you want to say that the, the lowest point, right. Is that that act, the actual act and then reliving that a year and a half later or however long it went on, but the choices that you have to make along the way. So it sounds like choice one was tell the truth. Yeah. Stand up for yourself, report it. Um, but then there's also those little choices along the way inside yourself where you basically have to decide, am I going to move forward or am I going to mm-hmm. not? And what does that look like? So yeah. love to hear that. Yes. Yes. And so in, in living that, and once the case was settled, um, then I was still in that environment and things would still happen where it was like, hmm, do I really deserve this? Right. And I heard a quote once that was something like, the universe will either push you through pain or pull you through a vision. Mm. And it's by Dr. Michael Beckwith. And that really hit me mm. because it's like, wow, the universe pushed me so much through pain to actually make a move yes. to do something in my worth mm-hmm. where I finally saw that I was not deserving of this. Yes. And so it kind of took a culmination of events for me to finally be like, okay, actually this is not the industry for me. I do not deserve this. Right. And I'm taking the biggest risk of quitting my job without anything lined up. And then wow. that's when I moved home. Right. Yeah. It was those culminations of, you know, those little moments, those little decisions, which really led to a great outcome. And then, you know, after being at at home for, it was a year and a half. And then I finally decided, okay, I'm going to take another huge risk, move to a completely new city. Mm-hmm. And then it just so happened that that was the day that my U-Haul arrived was the day that, um, the stay at home orders were, were ordered with COVID. <laughs> Isn't it all about timing? <laughs> yeah. So it was another risk. Yeah. <laughs> 
I love that. Well, thank you for sharing that story. Um, you know, it hit home to me. It's it's a very personal story, but I also think it makes sense for, you know, our listeners to hear that there is life after a sexual assault. There is a brighter tomorrow after a sexual assault. And whether you choose to tell or share or report, it's all such a very personal choice. Um, so I appreciate you sharing your story. You know, and looking at all of the bad things that have happened in COVID and during one's life, if you could kind of highlight for us, what is your bright spot? What did you actually learn from that, um, the darkest, one of the darkest moments in your life? What was a bright spot out of that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the brightest spot for me was finally knowing and discovering the statement, I am worthy. Mm. Yes. Because I think believing it and believing it and believing it. Right. 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 I think so often as women, it's like, we are conditioned to believe that we aren't worthy of certain things, or we're only worthy if we do X, Y, and Z. We produce of some sort. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And so uh, reproduce, produce or both. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So it was, it was through that experience that I finally discovered my worth and then I could go on and share that with others. Now I help clients all over the world discover their worth. And that is just a continuously, you know, once you find that you can really achieve anything in life. As you're talking, I can see your face. I mean, listeners, some of you will be able to see your face when we are on YouTube and some of you won't, but um, your eyes really lit up and your face lit up when you were talking about, you know, moving from the darkest point to the lightest point and finding your worth, believing in your worth. And I think, I don't ever want to say, I hate when people say things happen for a reason, right? But with that being said, isn't it interesting to think, where would I be now if that wouldn't have happened to me, if I didn't have that experience in my life? Or where would I be if I wouldn't have made the choice to leave, right? And not stay in that career where you were comfortable. And I think the lesson in the journey today is really about when when, uh, something happens in your life and it impacts you to the core, you can break through that darkness. You can become resilient and go onto the other side and not just go on the other side and follow the light, but teach others to do the same thing. And I think it takes a lot of power within women, people in general, when they take the darkest part, spot in their life and make and turn it into the biggest spot. So kudos to you. What advice would you give to our listeners overall about resiliency and kind of learning about what you've been through, obviously as a coach, but as a human being in general, what would you say for people or listeners on the phone today that are at their darkest point? What would you say to them? So the first thing that came to mind when you were asking that question might be new to some listeners because it was completely new to me and it sounds so simple, but it, but it's actually feeling those feelings mm-hmm. instead of, I think it's so easy for people just to say, Oh, just think positive or, Oh, just right. like move on to the light. But it's, it's actually feeling fully and acknowledging yourself for going through that hard time mm-hmm. first. Right. And once you allow yourself to feel, because, you know, I've heard it multiple times where depression is you're depressing your emotions. Mm -hmm. And so once you actually sit with them, once you give them a spot at the table, then you can actually move forward. Mm -hmm. 
And, um, so that, that would be the first thing is like, really have compassion for yourself as mm-hmm. you're moving through this hard time. And then are there little moments in your day or little decisions that you can make that would be in alignment with moving forward, whether mm-hmm. that's like just a half step forward right. or finding some sense of joy in your life and really connecting to that. And then soon enough, those little steps will, will add up to an incredible You're walking. Yeah. You're walking. <laughs> I mean, that's, what's so funny. I think so many of us scroll through Instagram on Facebook and me, even before I was coach, you know, and say, God, that person has a great life. How did they get that? How did they get there? How did they do that? I'm not strong enough to do that. I wonder, well, that's a lot of work. I mean, you're constantly kind of all these like gate posts and roadblocks and slippery when wet signs or deer crossing. I mean, there's so many signs you're like, should I not? Right. And it's just taking those small, small steps. And I think people just think it's, you have to go from zero to hero and you just, nothing ever is zero to hero, right? You have to literally take those small incremental steps. And even if you're scrolling on Instagram, constantly comparing yourself to Mm -hmm. others, that can actually be, if you, if you take out the comparison piece, which obviously is easier said than done, (laughs) but if you can reframe it to see those people as examples Mm -hmm. that, oh, they did this. Mm -hmm. I can do that too. There's Mm -hmm. this effect in the brain. It's called mirror neurons. So the fact that I can see it in you then Mm -hmm. signals to my brain, oh, I can do that too. Yeah. The possibilities I think is important. Mm-hmm. When when you look back on your life, you're still young. We're both still young. What mantra would you say keeps coming up for you? I know you touched on the I am, but when you know, you know, if you're up in a float plane or you're doing something, there's a big banner. It's like Trisha's plane. What would the mantra be on the back? Mm, I like that question. So one that I always say to myself, and I know that I'm speaking a lot about worth, but I really believe that that is like the core especially when I work with clients, it's like, okay, if they're working on weight loss, if they're working on confidence, if they're working on public speaking or sports performance or making more money, it all comes back to this sense of self-worth. Yeah. So for me, like I always just, you know, close my eyes and, and, and just say to myself, I'm worthy. Mm-hmm. And I know that I'm enough. And I believe that I'm enough. That's, that's what I would say. I mean, my plane would all be about the self-worth, self-love, love plane for sure. Anyone what that color wants would to, it be? what's your color? What's your, what's your like creative color? If you could pick it. Yeah. Blue. Absolutely. Okay. So sky blue plane and a sky blue world with, I am worthy. I am loved. I am enough. That's perfect. I love that. Wouldn't that be cool if we could just have planes that just instead of like Instagram quotes, it would just be a bunch of planes in the sky that said all these really cool things. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, we're shifting a little bit to the fun part of the podcast. That was not the fun question, but here is a fun one for you. If I could told, tell you that you could only live one place in the world for the rest of your life, and I gave you a one-way first-class ticket to get there, where would you choose and why? You have to live here, by the way. Oh, this is so difficult because if anyone, you know, it's like, it's always like you, you have to connect your why, like, why do you want, Yeah, why do you want this goal? And for me, whether it's like success or money or legacy or whatever, it's always like, or freedom. It's always like, oh, I just want to travel. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, oh, here you go. <laughs> yes. So I studied abroad in Italy. 
And I absolutely loved it there. So I would say Italy. Ooh, that sounds so good. What, tell me about the food. Would you go because of the food or just because of the culture? Like, what do you love about Italy? Yeah, I did love the culture. It was just, people were just so friendly. The food, amazing, of course. Yeah, I mean, how can you go wrong? I don't know one person that doesn't like pasta. I mean, I have yet to meet them. (laughs) (laughs) The weather, like being by an ocean. yeah. Yeah, all of it. I just love the European vibe. Yeah, that's cool. Awesome. So question number two, a little more reflective in nature. What is one thing that you would love to learn to do, but you are scared shitless to try? Ooh, that's another great question. Okay. I mean, there's so many things that I want to try and it's like, it's always the fear that gets in the way, right? Yeah. That's what I said. Scared shitless to try breaking through the scared shitless. I feel like this is an easy one. It would be like, I really want to do skydiving, but something maybe a little bit more than that, more cliche than that, or less cliche, excuse me. I would say like my ultimate dream in the world is to become a speaker, Mm. especially for like my ultimate dream would be the U S women's national team, like just be like a speaker for them. But it's also that, I mean, that scares me shitless. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, you know, then, then it's always the, um, questions of like, well, who am I to do that? Or do I have enough education? Do I have enough experience? Yeah. But yeah. So it's just getting more into speaking. Mm -hmm. I think you'd be fabulous at that. I think the origin of your story, you know, the past career that you had, the previous career that you had and just your rock bottom moment. I mean, that couldn't be more empowering. Um, and, confidence building in athletes. There's so much sexual assault um, in the sports world and the entertainment industry. So I encourage you to tap into your mantra of I am worthy and um, I am strong and I can do it and do it. I'll hold you to it. Maybe one year from today, I will ask you how your first engagement was. Yes. Oh, thank you so much. Absolutely. Um, I just want to thank you, my friend. Time is up for today. It goes by so fast. Thank you so much for sharing your your story. Your vulnerability touched me so much. And I know it made a difference and impact to our listeners. You know, the work that you're doing in this world to really tie it all together. And I love what you said about all roads really lead to self-worth, whether you're trying to lose weight or you're trying to make more money or you're trying to pivot in your life. Really, it all comes down to the foundation of who are you from within. And that's what we do at She Shutters as well. We work on people turning towards themselves. What does that actually mean? It means looking deep inside and figuring out who you are as a person and where your bright light should shine. Because a lot of people don't know and it's just tapping into that. So thank you for joining me today. Mm, Thank you so much for having me. Hearing Trisha talk about her journey highlights the importance of building a foundation from within yourself first and the importance of self-worth. As women, we are all searching for what lights us up and keeps us healthy. And together, we can learn how to burn bright and not burn out. To our listeners, for more information on Trisha, please visit her Instagram page at Trisha Fishboon. for joining us on the She Burns podcast. We are so grateful for your time, energy, and support. For more tips, resources, and tools on how to burn bright, please visit us at sheshatters.com or on Instagram at sheshattersllc. 